This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Welcome back into the portal. I'm Emma And I'm Andrew McKay. And welcome to another edition of Film Friday. Yeah, we're back with, uh, yeah, a super freaky film. A Quiet Place this week, a 2018 flick directed by John Krasinski. Believe it or not. Very cool. We've had a huge office binge lately, so yeah, it was kind of funny seeing him in this role. I still just see Jim uh, <laughs> well, a lot. But, but he's a little more stoic. In he's stoic, movie, but you know all those glances that he'll give uh, when he's like when he's like done something bad or something, or he's like kind of like those big wide eyes. You get that in this movie <laughs> with the eyebrows that kind of go like. Oh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into this whole uh, film Friday business, though, we had a little bit of a funny thing we wanted to <laughs> talk about. <laughs> yeah, we did. And um, do you have that guy's name pulled up too? Because I want to give him a shout out. Oh, um, I can do that. But uh, we so we're doing this uh, coffee gator contest right now, mm-hmm. and so we're asking questions on our main on our regular Sunday released episodes uh, from past episodes. It's like a trivia um so you guys can hop on and enter your answers on our website well our first question was what was on the mongolian death on the mongolian death worm Mm -hmm. was what was the plant that the mongolian death worm consumed that aided in its ability to produce its like venom right and of course it was all over the notes our notes this this plant it was very present when i went back and it was funny because that was one of our first (laughs) episode five yeah so we weren't even using like normally we'll use like google docs so we can like coordinate that way but we weren't even doing that at that point. And so no. I guess I had my own notes in front of me and you had yours. And yeah. somehow that just got, got lost right over. Yep. And unless we <laughs> mentioned it further along and I, I didn't quite catch it. But as far as the notes are concerned, it was up front and center in like page two. So it should have been yeah. mentioned pretty early on. And, and so we missed it. Thank you to uh, Zach B for just pointing that out. Yes. And uh, we just, yeah. So we're actually going to extend the contest for another week. We're going to do five weeks. So we actually ask um, a legit question. But did we give the answer? Did you say the answer to the I, question? Did I, you say it? Did you say it? I don't think I said it. All right. Well, if you didn't say it, well, we're not going to say it anymore. And if you want to research it and answer well, the that's question just anyway, it. Ha- you should probably get like two entries if you like, answer so. it correctly. Sure. Absolutely. Because that's like you like taking the onus to do the own research because apparently we are dumb dumbs. <laughs> we are indeed. Yeah. We had some hardcores answer right away. We though. did. Yeah. And I so we impressed. were like, oh, okay, sweet. Like, as yeah. soon as I figured it out, I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So Bye. thanks for pointing that out. We, we love owning up to mistakes like that because it's hilarious. Well, obviously. <laughs> like, it's just like, I thought we both burst out laughing when we got For me, it was, it, it was even funnier because I was just so like happy about this content. I was like so stoked on it. And then I'm like, oh, oh. it's just like the balloon just going boom. It was such a good question, too. Like, it was a really good question. But, so, yeah, we're extending it by a week. Stay tuned for the Sunday release, and uh, there'll be some juicy trivia in there for you. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some more, well, slightly more serious stuff, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a serious movie. It's a really freaking, like, all-encompassing movie that just, like, assume, like, literally, I, okay, this is what happened. 
we weren't even planning on doing this film this week. We actually had another one that was a, a listener-suggested film. And then I was really bored, like, two nights ago. And I was just cruising through Netflix. You know, you, like, browse through a million movies before you actually find one or don't find one that you're going to watch. And I just saw that. And I was like, dang, we got Krasinski. And I, I didn't even know if it was directed by him at that point. But I just turned it on just to be like, whatever. If it catches my eye in the first, like, 30 seconds, then maybe I'll just sit down and watch it. And of course, like I was like hooked in the first like 10 seconds. I was like, this is like so like it just like transports you. It's one yeah, of those films. It is really cool. And you weren't even like set to watch a movie or anything. You were just doing your thing. And I was like, let's just watch this. <laughs> let's sit down and yeah. let's watch it. <laughs> and, it was, and it was sweet. It was so epic. I will say, um, make sure this is definitely one of those film Fridays where you go watch the movie before you listen to this because it was mm-hmm. a 2018 release. It's it's a Netflix film. Um, so if you don't have Netflix, just I don't know, just do the trial or something and watch it. True. Um, or just go on YouTube. Or, but they always rent stuff on that's YouTube. That's right. Yeah, so. rent it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Lots of spoilers. Lots of spoilers. Definitely. All right. So let's get into like the central sort of theme of this film. It's almost hearkening back to the beginning of film, right? In yeah. the sense that you do not get many words. You don't get a lot of dialogue. You don't get a lot of sound. No. And any sound that you do get is very intentional, seemingly. And so you get this theme of complete silence in this post-apocalyptic setting. Right. And there's the centerpiece of it all is this family, the Abbots. And they're just like, every one of them, they seem so authentic. They could be an actual family. And like, I didn't know this when we were watching the film, but Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are actually married. Yeah, I didn't and know that either. they did such a good job. Like, it was so authentic. Yeah, and it was. just Yeah. Well, you'd hope so. Exactly. But even the kids, right? The kids were just seamless. The the ability of, oh my gosh, especially the older, the eldest, her name was uh, Reagan. Yes. And she did a very good job. Yeah. I really liked her portrayal of like a deaf girl. That would be hard. Like, you know, like. It'd be hard, but it also, in the case of this family, obviously played to their advantage and probably their ability to survive. um, Because they were already adept at sign language. Totally. So they had their method of communication and... And then, yeah, like, but just from her perspective, could you imagine being in that world without any hearing? That so that part about it is tough. Yeah. So on the flip side, Kate, you don't know if anything's hunting you, but you also don't know if, if you're making if a you sound. Making sound. Yeah. And I loved in the very first scene when you get the, they're in the store, it's the kids. You just see the little pitter patter of this young little boy seemingly by himself because you don't see the parents until much later in the scene. Yeah. And then you get um, the one instance where he actually like almost drops that rocket on the ground and she just saves it. And it's like this moment. And obviously she would never hear the effect, but she knows. She just knows. And you get that immediacy and that sort of fear right away, which really sets the tone. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like you're put on edge right off the bat because they're, it's the scenes in like a grocery store, right? Or like a mm. pharmacy slash grocery store. Yeah. And you're at that point, because it's the very first few moments, you don't know if they're just being quiet because they're out and about almost like walking dead style. Like you got to yeah. be quiet because you're out on a mission. Like you're doing a food mm-hmm. run right now. But obviously we find out it's much, much more than, much, much more than just that. The other thing too is like, yeah, the, the little pitter patter of the kid, like running in the first scene. That is ballsy. I mean, you're letting the, like a four-year-old or five-year-old or whatever, just mm-hmm. like you trust him. Like what if he like bumps into something and knocks a whole shelf over or something like that? You know what I mean? Kids like, are a hazard. That is definitely a thing. 
Yeah, I, I, and you see all, all of them are barefoot because that's just the way it is. And their feet are all worn and everything dirty because they're just like, whatever, you're not going to wear shoes. They have their, their method of travel, which they have the sand that's laid out in, in neat little pathways they can follow so that they don't have any vibrations of their footsteps or anything. Very mm-hmm. clever, I thought. Mm-hmm. And that establishes the fact that they are survivors they yeah. are like one of the few and they've established themselves in this society yeah. and you do get it seems immediate obviously you get it's been 84 days you see that in the right before any of the opening scenes so 84 days that's what that's like three months not even yeah so not even three months okay so they've adjusted right they have it's it must be like a really really fast what happened because there's no one else around except for five families that you see in the countryside like they're the lights of their farmhouses they're like their signal fires or whatever so clearly 84 days ago like and i think let's just say this out now because i know there's people that listen to these without watching beforehand like our friend wes in australia (laughs) um (laughs) what's up buddy (laughs) but um so they essentially yeah 84 yeah it must have happened really quick but the reason they have to be so quiet is because essentially now the world they live in has been overrun by these monsters only can be described as monsters mm-hmm. and they hunt by sound they hunt by sound like you get that at like, the very first scene right when they walk out of the store and you see the newspapers which are yellowed but they're not to the extent where it's like you know they're de- totally destroyed and everything so right, no, they're quite still, immediate still and yeah. you just see it's sound you see the big and all of the newspapers are very simple in this movie i'll just say right away like you know the headlines and all right. that which we can get into in a little bit here but yeah okay so yeah, opening sequence, and then, of course, so they leave, they're walking on their little footpath, they go quite a distance, right, they're following train tracks to their farm, farm homestead, and you get, oh, the poor little boy, so there's five in the family, there's three kids, one is quite young, he looks like he's, what, about four, five? Something like that, yeah. Four, five, six kind of thing, and he... Like we mentioned in the opening scene, he goes to reach for this toy on the shelf. It drops. It's a rocket. And then his sister catches it and she like saves the day because obviously that would have been like death for them all. Right. And um, and then in the end, uh, John, as soon as John Krasinski's character is named Lee in the movie, the father, as soon as he sees that, it's almost like he's seen the monster, right? As soon as he locks onto it, he freezes. He's like... And then the mom sees it, freezes. Everyone sees it, freezes. He slowly, slowly walks over to him, turns it over, just ever so gingerly pulls out the batteries because he knows that it's just, that's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And so you get that right after the little boy, like he picked it up off the shelf and whatever, and he's talking about how this is how they're going to escape. He like tells his sister through sign language that rocket will go up and we'll get away. Yeah. And it's so sad. And then they leave the store and the poor boy doesn't listen to his father, and he takes the toy with him. Well, the the, the daughter gives it back to him. Exactly. So she's implicated in this. She's trying to be but nice. But she doesn't give him the batteries, though. No. She just gives him the toy. Yeah. And batteries are there. The grabs him. Resourceful little kid who grabs the batteries, knows which way to put them in. I mean, it's parked Resourceful? on there. Resourceful? Idiot. Well, I you mean, no, it's dead. dumb, but obviously, like, <laughs> enough to, like, take the batteries, put them back in. You know what I mean? Like, and like what was he thinking? He was really I know he's five, poor but it's like... Judgment. But seriously, dude, at the very... Okay, so they get to this edge of the tracks where there's a bridge. And all the family, he's the very last to enter the bridge. And they're all walking, like, a good pace apart, right? Like, at least two meters, three meters, I would say. Something like that. And I think that's in... 
intentional because they probably want to space out their footing. So maybe they're not attracting like the vibrations. Their foots aren't grouping together. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know if that like well, especially if you're running. Obviously, they're walking quite like especially right across a bridge too. It oh, might create yeah. more of an echo or more of uh, you know vibration than on solid land. Obviously, that's right? true. And so they're all on the bridge, and then all you hear is just the yep. <laughs> It's just the toy going off. The look on, on, uh, what's John Krasinski's, uh, Lee. Char- is, Lee. Lee the, is the, the, Oh my God, the look on his face. And then Emily Blunt's character, Evelyn, the mom, she just lets out a silent scream and covers her mouth. And it's like so raw. It's like giving me chills just thinking about it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. But anyways, yeah. And so you get John just book it. At this point, he doesn't care if he's making any vibrations or any noise with his footsteps. He's just going for it. And... The most important part about that scene, in my opinion, is the fact that it goes Lee, Evelyn, um, the the boy, and then the girl. So the boy, the other boy's name is Marcus, right. the middle kid. Yeah. So Marcus and then Regan, the deaf girl, and then Bo. And Regan can't hear the toy. So she is not alerted until everyone else turns around because she has no idea. And then she kind of, kind of clues in because John starts running. But if she had clued in if she could hear, then she probably would have been able to save him. But yeah. at the same time, the fact that he was picked off distracted the thing from all the rest of them. So yeah. they could have potentially all died on that accident. And, and so you get that first tiny glimpse of like <sighs> what these creatures are that <sighs> they're dealing with, but it's so fast <sighs> that you so don't... And, and, and he kind of... And it, it's, it kind of almost, you don't even know if he slices him in half slash grabs what he's, what has now been sliced in. I don't take, even Taking know. it into the it's woods. It's like a scythe, like appendage on um, both hands. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too is like, we, we say they hunt by sound, like from what it said in the newspaper. Did it actually use the word hunt? Um, the tagline of the movie is if they hear you, they hunt you. Right. So. But is it hunting for food or is it hunting just to kill? Or, it, because it seems or as is if it it's hunting just, because they can't stand any sound? And if you make sound, it kills their You never brains. see them consume anything throughout True. the movie, right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's got to just be this, I mean... It's like a predator. Obviously, we'll, we'll get into the commentary on noise pollution and the, w- the way society run, societies run today. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so but, they uh, weren't really preachy about that, which I appreciate. No, they weren't, but it was a silent commentary, <laughs> which is very fitting because there's very little dialogue in the movie. It's called A Quiet Place. Yeah. It's a very, yeah, exactly. Very little dialogue. I thought what was important just to mention is the challenge of acting in a movie where there's basically like, it's a 90 minute movie. There's about, I read online, there's about 90 lines of actual dialogue and you don't actually hear any of them speak until about midway through the movie. It's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Like obviously they speak with their hands. It's a whole different dialogue. I mean, the only few that popped to my mind that have been done well are like, I mean... Will Smith, I Am Legend by himself, oh, yeah. or like Castaway. It's hard. It's tough. It's really tough. And especially for kids, it's all about your facial expression and how the audience needs to connect with you right away through that. Definitely. And then through what you're doing. I really think the family dynamic established that, really helped to establish that at least. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a very... Everyone knows who their character is, obviously. Like, you can see it's obvious that they're just trying to do their thing. And that was a brilliance of this movie is the simplicity of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I wanted to get into the creatures a little bit. Totally. Let's if you're get cool into with it. That. So, excuse me. So, they're, I mean, okay, first of all, we have no idea where they're from. We don't know what they are or where they're from. Those are my main two questions the entire movie, and of course, we don't get that. No. But that's almost what 
that's a benefit of the movie. I'm not going to cr- mm-hmm. criticize them for it's that. It's not like a sci-fi movie. Per it's se. not meant to be the one where it's like the b- trail of breadcrumbs to like yeah. the story of where they landed, like the origins, or, or whatever. And, right? Mm-hmm. It's just about it's it's just straight thriller, which is cool. I like that. But here's some details thriller, on the yeah. uh, on the creatures on the monsters. They I found them to be relatively uncanny. In the mm, sense that they had like. very human-esque Definitely. form. So like four-limbed. Yeah. So they've got arms and legs, essentially. Their head shape is very... Human-esque, yeah. or at least... Humanoid. Humanoid, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what else oh, do I have down here? Like There was case. So just going back to your point about mm-hmm. the, it being very human-like, the one scene where Emily Blunt is upstairs in the bathroom about to give birth, and it's hunting her, and it grabs the railing of the stairs and it like kind of curls a hand like thing around it and Something i was like, like that, that looks like a hand it looks like a human it looks very human-esque to me and that was yeah exactly very uncanny Eesh, so it's like creepy uncanny as in like defined as the reflection of the self and the other right which makes you basically the hair well, like frankenstein back or like uh, the golem or like yeah, whatever the uncanny i don't even know i feel like I feel like Frankenstein's just straight up the abject. The abject. <laughs> that which is wholly other and must be um, he's also, eliminated to that, d- redefine the borders of the self kind of thing. I guess, but he's also mm-hmm. been sort of the the number one go-to reference when you're trying to describe the uncanny. I'm pretty sure that's on the back of the book, like in the I guess, yeah, actual, that's, true. Like, <laughs> that's true. But anyway, these things, so yeah, like four-limbed, but they're all crazy proportions, right? So it's like they mm. have these, I honestly kind of peg them to be around... 15 feet tall crouched like they're crouched down and they're almost like on like a not like a gorilla but kind of like where they have their hand their arms are longer than their legs kind but it's of. able to fit in the basement so it must be a, uh below 12 feet but it's like it can go into these it's almost like so a you mean pr- like you mean like stretched out it'd be 15 I, feet yeah okay yeah well not i shouldn't say crouched down i guess in like i'm picturing the scene with reagan when she can't hear it mm-hmm. the middle brother's hiding in the corn and it's behind her yeah. like it's a solid at least 10 feet and it's not standing True. upright you know what i mean like perspective wise so like the, the point i'm trying to make doesn't matter we're splitting hairs here but like they're <laughs> massive creatures yet they can kind of contort their bodies they're almost like yeah. a hybrid of like a prey mantis and a human alien and hybrid. almost <laughs> with like exactly and almost like alien but like uh, almost like a machine because like the head itself has like almost like multiple moving parts it's like it reminds you of a rubik's cube that's something that like can reshape itself to maximize the hearing Ooh. and then almost like y- when you see inside of it it looks like subwoofers like the actual like hearing appendages things yes and so it, it kind of is robotic the way it, exactly yeah. and the way that it kind of moved around kind of reminded me of the way that cat moves its ears when it's trying to he- adjust to hear better um another would be like a satellite dish rotating kind of thing like you know that sort of you're right though too but even when like um their their heads would open too right yeah Yeah, so like and and the pieces of the skull if you want to call it that would almost shift around like puzzle pieces in uniform kind of movements Ooh, you know what else reminds me of the earth's crust and plates moving around and stuff like how it's like you know what this is gonna this i don't want this to be too out of left field but this reminds (laughs) me a little bit of annihilation in a weird way Uh because it's like here is a living whatever the hell it is but possibly its anatomy is almost like how we would see as some sort of a weird uh, amalgamous hybrid of like tech possibly tech you know what i mean like we just don't even understand how that can be a biological entity when it's like the skull separates and moves like puzzle pieces totally. and the ears are like you describe as almost robotic, mm-hmm. but they're like clearly 
I don't know, carbon-based, I guess? Or, yeah, They're organic, like organic and they bleed because right. she shoots it. and it She blows its head <laughs> off, yeah. <laughs> Which is very satisfying. It is very satisfying. <laughs> Uh, what else do we want to touch on here? I had some notes on, like, the farmstead and how, like, they're very clearly, like, this is a sweet setup they've got going on. And John Krasinski, as the director, he scoured the countryside looking for this thing. Like, he wanted the perfect, I think he settled on a New York setting? I can't remember. It was uh, was upstate, maybe Connecticut or whatever, I don't know. But he wanted to make it absolutely perfect. Um, I don't know. I didn't really, yeah, we already kind of touched on everything here I had. Um, the photos on the wall. Oh, that was interesting. So you get the, they've definitely moved. So they used to live in the home, like in the family farm home. They've moved into like the basement slash the barn for obvious reasons. I guess it's just safer in the fact that it's quieter. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the creaking of the, like the floorboards and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And, uh, the house itself was really cool because, um, it was actually decorated with Emily Blunt and John Krasinski's family photos. (laughs) No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like that happens a lot in movies though, right? And then you'll mm-hmm. read about it after the fact and be like, oh, that was actually like their wedding photo or that was yeah. their whatever. I, I think that's cool when you pepper in a nice touch like that. Oh, one other thing we didn't touch on with the actual creatures themselves that I wanted to mention. What's that? Okay. So in regards to Regan, uh, the deaf daughter and her hearing aid that uh, Lee, her dad creates mm-hmm. and how it messes with them big time and how when she gets within a certain radius it starts acting up and the right. frequency, it just gets crazy. And it is similar. It's almost like these creatures have an electromagnetic field, which might point to exactly that more of a cyborg-esque type thing yeah. where it has its own field. It messes with electricity. Every time it comes in, there's lights flickering and stuff. And I just, I don't know. I, that was my, I just thought that was really interesting. Definitely. It makes you wonder what his job was in the past. He's, he, it helps that that whole thing with him trying to build a hearing aid for her helps to define all, obviously the whole like the characters as a whole too right like mm-hmm. they're all going through their struggle he's trying to be the awesome dad and mm-hmm. take care of everyone she's trying to basically fill the roles that the middle child the the middle son mm-hmm. is shying away like, from doesn't yeah, want shying away to. from doesn't want to try to take the lead because yeah. he's terrified yeah the mom is pregnant mm-hmm. i don't know if we've mentioned that um, yeah we said she right. gave birth and then... right so yeah right of course mm-hmm. so that's kind of her shtick and she's like this super hardcore like she she hides from this creature and she met she steps on a nail and doesn't make a sound and she is going th- like her water breaks and she doesn't make a sound she's like, hardcore that man. is intense like that's crazy that was the most intense scene in the movie for me yeah for sure water yeah the breaks. moment when the firecrackers start going off and she lets out one scream she gets yeah. to let out one scream yeah. that's all she's allowed that one satisfying scream oh could you imagine yeah her heart or her hardcoreness in this movie was really made it that much better i loved how you don't get the bimbo or the buffoon or the fool everyone else everyone is very self-sustainable and very responsible seemingly like you know like you said they all have their pitfalls they have the struggles that they're dealing with but they're, but they're meant all, to right like those are the characters exactly but they're all very believable and, and there's very no strong. cheese at all there's no, no cheese and, uh, and with emily blunt obviously you, you know i don't think you could get that with her like Not she's really, really she's, she's a very she's all class yeah to go back mm-hmm. to what you were saying though with the hearing aid yeah um I made this comment to you yesterday when we were talking about um, how effective, like, okay, that just, that to me seemed like a, maybe one point of like, not that believable to me. Hmm. So, okay. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So he's, okay. so that he's trying to develop these hearing aids using parts from radios and stuff like that to, mm-hmm. to see if he can get his daughter to hear. Um, and yeah, discovers this one, or he doesn't, she does, that 
frequency messes with the monsters. Mm -hmm. My question is like, very quickly in the invasion of these creatures, the military would have figured that out. Like the like right like obviously there's unless news, it was so fast no but there's news but but, but it wasn't we know that there's newspapers true. being printed people are out the newspaper writing articles and printing the damn things and mm-hmm. then and then carrying them around saying it's sound yeah wow amazing we have sonic boom tech like weapons and stuff like there's all kinds of crazy sound technology that's used to disperse crowds and mm-hmm. do this and that you don't think they would have wonder if infrasound tried out a couple of frequency options to try to. <laughs> Like, that just seems a little far-fetched. That was one of my questions. I wanted to ask you about that. The whole believability of this society, this post-apocalyptic society. The extent... Exactly. The, the How fast this could have happened. Like, we've got an 84-day timeline from the initial sequence, and then we get a jump to about, I think it's 470, day 472 is what they jumped right. to from day 84. Yeah. So we've got a full year in between the death of that kid and yeah. then her developing pregnancy and all this kind of stuff. But again, so very fast, right? Yeah. So you would, I don't know. I guess that's that's a good question. Well, the rebuttal to my own question, though, I'm thinking here Mm -hmm. now, I guess, is the idea that maybe they just started in crazy small numbers. Like there's like a couple hundred worldwide and there's all these attacks happening, but they're Mm -hmm. obscure and nobody really knows what's going on. And then by the time anyone even has a chance of figuring it out, it's kind of too late. And now they've multiplied. But if we don't get to see how they multiply if they multiply any of that we don't know if they reproduce at all it's not really about the creatures really hey like they are a big part of the well they're a defining yeah 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 they are but we don't get any of their biology any of their behaviors all we see is their hunting behavior yeah that's it right Mm -hmm. (sighs) which is so frustrating because there's just like i just want to like that's the that's the cryptozoological sort of yeah and the alien interest in aliens and whatever else right like you want to know where these things are from they almost have an a element of uh the stranger things interdimensional type Mm. creature like they very much were reminiscent of those um dog-like monsters from stranger things with the faces that open up into the full 360 like degree flower. yeah something like that doesn't it remind you of the carnivorous plants we covered in the many yes but... <laughs> it does actually yeah <laughs> one other sort of noteworthy thing i wanted to touch on was krasinski himself and uh the idea that he directed this he helped write it it was him and two others i can't remember their names off cool. the top of my head um but yeah not his first directorship i remember <laughs> a few years ago i actually watched a brief uh, interview with sorry brief interviews with hideous men and uh i the only reason i watched it was because i knew he had directed it and because uh ben benjamin gibbard from mm. <laughs> the front man for death cat for cutie was, was in it no way <laughs> yeah and i think some other people were too but i can't remember but it was kind of a weird movie hmm. i don't remember I have to re- watch so it he again. redeemed himself with uh, yeah. a quiet place. He was effing panicking when he, they were going to the world premiere, apparently, like him and Blunt, like they were driving there together. And like he was just like, he didn't even know, like it was apparently the most nervous he's ever been for any premiere of anything that he's Ooh, done. That's your directorial. That's a big one. Well, it's not his directorial debut, no, but it's but just for a him and his wife together. Amazing. And they literally poured their heart and souls into this thing. Like yeah, it was all them. And they're famous at this point. So you got to do yeah. a good one, right? Like back back in his first one, it wasn't as oh, important. I, guess, yeah. I mean, he's dating, or dating, he's married to Emily Blunt. I mean, you, you, you got to. I thought it was really cute, though. They had this little, um, <laughs> this little story about how they were in the car and he just didn't even know what to do. Like he was just like, whatever. And she's like, you know what? Just, just focus on one thing that you would like to see as an outcome of tonight or whatever. I can't remember how she phrased it exactly, but he was like, you know, it would be nice if people clapped. <laughs> That's all he thought to him. So he's, it would be really nice if people clapped. 
I can totally do <laughs> and that I just, feel that. That just really <laughs> brings home Krasinski as a person to me because he, he just seems so honest. Like, you know, just very authentic, yeah, very whatever, too, like, you know, sure. um, salt of the earth. His mom and dad, like his mom, I think his dad was a doctor and his mom was a teacher or something like that. So it's just very wholesome upbringing. That's cool. Grounded. So he kind of honestly thinks of his fame as like the almost craziest mistake ever kind of thing. Right. Not mistake, but you know what I mean? Just like the craziest mishap that him, him landing that role as Jim is essentially what launched his career. Yeah. He doesn't have that crazy celebrity face. Like you, yeah, like yeah. That, that's what it is for me. It's, the, it's his face. Like you look at him, you're like, you might not be a normal guy, nose. but I think you seem like a normal guy. Like he doesn't and look like eyebrows. Tom Cruise or some, someone that's yeah. just like, you, he doesn't you know look what? shady or seedy. Or you know, you lost a few screws along the way. He definitely he lost de- more than a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for this film in particular, like Krasinski noted, like he, he was studying a lot of horror films and he really focused in on sound which makes a lot of sense for this film. And every single like music cue, tension, beat, uh, jump scare, all of that just was what he was focusing on and just paying attention to a lot. And he in particular noted that There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men were heavily, heavily influenced his development of this film and the sound that he used. And he just noted the idea that they went quiet in certain scenes and that there was a power to that yeah. a confidence that i wanted to put in the movie that was a quote from him but i i think he accomplished that Absolutely. i think he really did no country for old men would is a I, i'm that's really cool that he watched that as as a reference and an influence for this movie because that makes perfect sense like that movie is like, the, like and and obviously and we're, and both of those are directed They're by Coen brother movies, Coen brother movies mm-hmm. yeah yeah so would you recommend this movie? I mean, do you have anything else you wanted to, yeah. to touch on here? Okay, ultimately here, we can speculate on what the hell these things are. True. I mean, I interdimensional? I don't... Actually, yeah, that makes more sense to me. I don't really like the extraterrestrial hypothesis because I like the idea that, like we said, like they might have had some influences like sound pollution of human populations and whatever, but they weren't preachy about it or out, no. overt about it at all. No. Uh, but that could have been a huge part. What if these things are exactly that? Creatures lurking in a periphery dimension that can kind of float into our world, maybe not. And then they manage to make the leap and they don't like sound. all of a sudden just <laughs> maybe there is nothing like the sound that exists in our plane in their plane. So therefore right. it was like this super abrupt, like just yeah. driving them crazy essentially. And they're in the, maybe this could explain, this is an alternative idea to explain the idea that the military wasn't able to address it properly. Is like they were honestly like maybe hidden in the deepest crevices of the world. And then the, the speed of them and, and the size, they're so fast that they could just come out of nowhere seemingly and then just descend back into right. wherever depths of silence they came from. The depths of the earth. What if they're not even existing in the world? What if they are just like jumping through a portal and, and getting to another world with their... Well, that's very Stranger Things-esque or something like that. And it fits our show very well, obviously, mm-hmm. into the They portal. always come out of the woods, so... The only extraterrestrial explanation for me would be reminiscent of something like The Thing, where these things were dropped off or an accident, like on a on something lodged in the ice kind of mm-hmm. similar to the thing or something like that, oh, that um, makes sense, yeah. and that they were unleashed when they by accident potentially yeah you know i mean that, or, or one planet's just trying to get rid of them yeah sometimes. right i mean seriously they, they actually are, are like very Noah's similar Ark. in a lot of ways to alien like the alien from alien um with the heads the, the, the head their shape. size four limbs they don't have the tail like the alien does no. alien mm-hmm. and these things have scythe arms like they're you got to wonder what those are for. 
mm-hmm. beyond just slicing little boys in half that happen to turn on a rocket ship. You know what I mean? Like, what would that be for from like a biodiversity perspective, right? Like, is that for cutting down your wheat fields when you're in Perhaps. your regular dimension? Not attacking sound like hey, i don't wait we could enslave these things and they could just be our farmers perfect <laughs> they could just replace farm equipment for sure and then you just and they don't seem to eat anything so you didn't have to you won't have to fuel them Apparently not. i don't know it's interesting yeah 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 i would definitely recommend this movie though i'm glad you uh you pulled it up me too it's uh it only runs 190 minutes like it runs really fast 90 minutes or sorry 100, <laughs> 190 minutes <laughs> An hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? They could have tacked on an extra 20 minutes because I would have loved to see more of them just taking down these things. They leave you one more for sure. They end it with like the cocking of the shotgun, which was awesome. Like that's a great way to end it. Another point here that um, we haven't touched on animals. You see any in this movie? Oh yeah, I had that written down somewhere here, but no, the only animal we ever saw was raccoons and they get quickly wiped out. Because yeah. that's, oh yeah, that was on my point with like the whole farmstead right. and how they're very well established. They've got fish, yeah. like, they got the little like catchers for the fish, they've got their fields full of crops, Yeah. but we don't see them hunt. A, because you can't use a gun, presumably. I mean, arrow would be your only option. Arrow, yeah, I guess. Crossbow. Mm-hmm. But you don't see them eat meat ever. You don't even see them have a meal together, really. You don't see any eating in this movie. There's no transition scenes. They don't waste time on transition scenes where there's things like that, where you can use those scenes to build tension or show certain things. Like the witch used that a lot Mm -hmm. and things like that, right? Like where they're sitting at the table or there's just, you show the facial expression just for showing this facial expression. You didn't really need to do that Mm -hmm. in this movie necessarily. I thought there could have been one scene added maybe where there was something like that, some sort of a transition where you really accentuate the beauty of like the landscape that they're shooting in, which they did, Mm -hmm. but maybe where it's almost like a sunset and Lee, you see like a doe or something like oh, one yeah, or you see like one buck like that's just like this you see it get wiped out no but like it's or not even though like that's it's this stoic thing that is relatively silent that think, manages to survive well that's just it yeah you know what i mean you just like you're surviving deer, deer and elk and moose like they're all fairly silent Cougar, except when they're bear, calling I mean, they're, they're they're like you know when they have like their mating call or something right a couple polar bears gang up on one of these things but yeah you do so see not. <laughs> I'm just going to move on from that. Um, you do see, yeah, exactly, just the one raccoon, two raccoons, it's a pair of them, and yeah. then you just see it get quickly just snatched. So it's like, wait a second, where the hell did these raccoons come from? And uh, Hiding, hiding around. Were they in the barn? That's kind of dangerous for the family, hey? If they had attracted anything. Yeah, what if a bird flies in and starts singing a song and you're screwed? I mean, yeah, no, it's a it's a world that would put you on edge. More so than just hiding from zombies or something like that. Like, this Mm -hmm. would be scarier, in my opinion. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Well, on that note, I think uh, that concludes our Film Friday. Definitely. Thank Mm -hmm. you guys so much for listening. And uh, do we know what we're doing next week? Yeah, we're doing The Reanimator. And I believe it was... uh... Was it Heath that suggested that one? I have to go back in the notes and look. Okay. Well, you'll get you'll get mm-hmm. a shout out next week if that was you, whoever you are. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. And uh, as usual, as usual, we will weave. Oh my God! You finish this off. As usual, we will see you on Sunday. <laughs> well, we won't see you, but you'll you'll be hearing from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a juicy one. So until then. <laughs>
This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.